Hey, and welcome to Friends in the Word. I'm Cindy Weeks. And I'm Jen Pam. And we are two friends who love to read the Bible and help each other apply it to our everyday lives. We do. And this week, man, we're going to help each other. I think this is one of those areas that if we ever needed help, we do. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation about response in the area of repentance. Repentance. Yes. But before we get there... Tell me what you've been enjoying this week. So my son is home from the Army for a couple weeks. And yes, it's been great. He is here um, for uh, two weeks before he will be on his deployment to Qatar. He's going to Qatar. Wow. um, Which I had to look it up. Where is it? It's on the peninsula, an Arab peninsula. It's right across from... Iran from the Persian Gulf next to United Arab Emirates. And he's Mm. going to be leaving at the end of April, early May for a year to a year and a half. And and what I've been enjoying is asking him questions about his job because it's very foreign to me and Mm -hmm. I do not uh, know what he does. But now I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do now. He is, because I've been enjoying asking those questions, which is good. Every mom should do that. But he mm-hmm. is going to be protecting the Air Force Base in uh, Doha, which is in Qatar. And he is mm. actually a software controller. He has, he's oversees six launchers, uh, pa- some pitch- Patriot missiles. So if there's ever an attack, um, mm. then the Patriot missiles will take down it's a land air missile defensive missile systems that he is now control he's a patriot missile controller so that's been interesting and because uh i i had a really wrong i had some wrong ideas (laughs) i was like (laughs) you have one missile that you're in charge of that you go set up and you have to no it's not true (laughs) it's not it's good though so yeah, cool. it's, it's been really cool to hear him talk about what's been going on the last month. So, yeah, that's what I've been enjoying. How about you? Oh, that's awesome. Well, I keep I keep sticking with the nature theme, so I'll just keep going with it because I am in nature's wonderland. But um, we're having, you know, you guys just had daylight savings, um, which makes us further apart which is lame. But other than that, we are having really late sunrises. So I'm actually up (laughs) in time for the sunrise every day. (laughs) Um, So I've just been really enjoying the sunrises. They've been spectacular. Is it like Um, 8 o'clock in the morning or something? No, it's not that late. But I think it's like (laughs) 7.15. It's pretty late. So uh, me and the kids have all been enjoying going out on our deck and watching them. It's kind of sad. Like we live right next to a major construction site. So I always joke that when I take videos, I'm cropping out the sadness, (laughs) but in the background, you can hear all of the beep, beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't like, I guess I could mute it and then you wouldn't know (laughs) what's going on. But I've been taking lots of videos and lots of pictures of the sunrise. It's very beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, so this week you are going to help us out with our big fat word of the week, which uh, really will help frame the conversation around our response, our repentance. Yeah. So let us hear it. Well, we thought it would be good since Jesus, um, when he first started to preach, the what he first said was, "Repent, the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. is at hand." So we thought, well. 
we should not assume we all know what repentance is. And right. <clears throat> so a very, a very simple, uh, um, there are many theologians that write many, many books on this topic mm-hmm. and even the definition of repentance and the nature of repentance. But uh, I think a few ways to just go about it is to consider it a, um, in Hebrew terms, it means the changing the desires of your heart, consequently changing the orientation of your whole life. But Mm -hmm. then there would be those that might say it's more of a changing of the mind with the affections and the will all involved because we're all holistically, we're, we're not just the mind, but our, our affections are, um, and our will is all involved in who we are. And so Mm -hmm. when you think of repentance, we're, we have, we're having, our mind is changing. The perceptions are changing and our dispositions and are changing and purpose is, uh, mm-hmm. needs to be changed and to see God as beautiful, but also to see that we see sin as ugly and we begin to hate it. Hmm. And, and so it's more of, it's a, it's a, a larger thing than just say I changed my mind and I turned from one place to the next. That's a uh, if you're talking about your actions look like you've repented. Your actions flow out of mm-hmm. a change inside of yourself. And so when Christ says repent and believe, and the apostles and the and the um, disciples call people to repent and place your trust in Jesus Christ. Repentance is one side of the same coin of there's repentance and faith that we, Mm. we hate sin. We see sin for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's faults. And we, uh, we place our trust in what is true in Jesus Christ. Hmm. So how would you, how would you define it? Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to define it. <laughs> I feel like this is like it's just such a it's such a big deal. There's definitely some ideas that I have in my head. There's been some really helpful like word pictures. Um I don't know if I could do a good succinct quick little definition, but I can I can share some word pictures. Like I like the really like simple one of like turning my back to sin and my face to God. Um yet I know there's more involved in that. Um, I think it's interesting also to think about, um, the aspect of like with repentance, we get reconciliation. So now I have to, um, have a certain relationship or not just awareness, not, not just an awareness of my sin, because we know that, um, there are people that are aware of their sin yet don't have godly sorrow for it. Uh, like, you know, a person that gets caught shoplifting, they have sorrow that they were caught shoplifting, but they're not necessarily sorrowful for their offense against God. So repentance, like, strums up feelings of sorrow. It it makes us um, hate our sin because, one, it it, uh, has to be dealt with upon the cross by our precious Savior, and two, um, it keeps me from relationship with God. So I have these feelings now about the sin that I do, 
and I hate it and I want to like fling it off of me and I want to change. I want to turn my back on it and I want to turn my face towards God, which is, I don't know. Yeah. It's a long way around saying that. Well, that's great to say like the preciousness, you also have feelings and love towards Christ now. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, that you actually desire to do this because you desire to please God. You desire to uh, to be in fellowship with with Him, and so this is uh, this is not just at the level of a mind change. It's mind and heart and affections and desires, right? right. Um, so, and I, think- I do think it, it, it's it, like it is a miracle to me how um, my ability to see my sin has grown Mm -hmm. um, because I think there was uh, a long part. Well, I don't know. There's, you know, whatever we're humans, we we live on these roller coasters of of being. Um, But I think there's been times where I have very flippantly um, taken for granted forgiveness and not really considered the weight of my sin but I, I think as I grow um, and I pray as I grow more that I would have a, kind of like a proper regard for my sin. I don't I don't know how else to say that, but like I, I, I don't feel that I take it as lightly anymore. I see the offense for what it is and um, I have stronger feelings about um, – my participation in it and not wanting to offend God by my participation in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's good. I think you're going to, you're touching in on what's our main, our main segment, which is what does it look like in the life of a believer? Like what does repentance, like why we don't just repent at conversion, um, why Mm. we live a life. And I think what you're touching on is for growth and our motive to be like Christ. It's great. So we'll, Mm. we'll talk a little bit more about that in a, in a second. I do think that it's important to remember that as faith is a gift from God at is, is a gift. It's, you know, by grace, Mm. we have been saved through faith. Repentance is a gift. Also it's, we're commanded Mm -hmm. to repent. That's a demand. We're held responsible when we don't repent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as we see in um, even in second, I think it's in second Timothy uh, two says this and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents when gentleness. There's a reason they're to be gentle. It's because God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth and that mm-hmm. they. The opponents may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And, wow, and yeah. so what we see there is that in 2 Timothy 2, 24, 26, that the preachers, the pastors, one of the reasons they're to be patient, and we are too, this is for everybody, is that as we are correcting error um, and falsehood, we pray that God grants repentance that leads them to the knowledge of the truth. So, mm. and there's an, a, an implication or there's an assumption there in the verse and, and in many verses, this is just, I just grabbed this one is that it is God. We pray that God grants the repentance. Right. Um, and that, which means it is a grace from God that I see sin for what it is. 
Right. Which means that if I'm dead in my sin and trespasses, which is all unbelievers, Mm. they need, all unbelievers need new hearts. They need regeneration. They need to be born again to have Mm. new eyes, new ears, new hearts to see the reality of God and sin for what it is. Right. Yeah. When you read that verse, that's immediately what came to mind is like, people need this miracle. They need this miracle to see their sin for what it is, because that that is the, in a sense, like the curse of unbelief is that you have a hardness of heart towards your sin. Mm-hmm. You don't see it for what it is and you love it. You love darkness you, and you hate the light. You don't want to come to the light. So you need that miracle of God gifting you the um, gift of faith and grace and repentance. And I think, and what I, a theologian has said this, that you act the miracle. We're, we're, mm. we're to, and when we repent, that's what we're doing. And right. we're, and this is one of those places that we see God's sovereignty, but yet man's fully responsible for mm. not, re- for not repenting. Right. Okay, so before we get too far into this, because yeah. I feel like we could fill up a lot of time talking about this, we got to do, do you understand what okay. you're reading? Mm-hmm. And then that'll help lead us in even more into the conversation. Um, so today's passage for do you understand what you're reading comes from Revelation 3. And this is the segment on the church in Laodicea. Verse 14 says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love. I I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hmm. Okay, so one of the things that we want to talk about in this Do You Understand What You're Reading segment is, um, it's first, the context is Jesus speaking to the church, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have to understand that there is the chance <laughs> that if you are in a church, uh, you could be in danger of being this person who has prospered and says, I need nothing, yet not realizing that you were wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So um, I think you know, as we want to delve in deeper into talking about how the Christian life is one of repentance, like the whole, the whole of Christian life is Mm -hmm. one of repentance. Um, there's this idea that Jesus is coming to the church and saying like, you have become lukewarm, like your affections, this, um, this heart has become dull to me 
this heart has become dull to the things of God. And I am coming to you because I love you. So be zealous and repent. Um, and <clears throat> I think, you know, obviously uh, we've not really gotten into this, but we would acknowledge um, the kind of historic belief that there is a visible church and an invisible church. And uh, only Christ knows who are truly redeemed, mm-hmm. um, which would be the invisible church, the true church. And yet we know that in the invisible church, the wheat and the tares grew up together. The sheep and the goats are together. And so um, Jesus does say that he is standing at the door and knocking. And if anyone hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in. So um, there is an invitation here. Um, I don't think it's only to non-believers. I, I believe that this is also an invitation to the true church who has possibly become dull of hearing. Um, and, and this is a means of, of him calling his people back to himself and reminding them of their need to continue to cry out to God for their righteousness, like to be clothed by him and not their own works, to be clothed um, by him and uh, not rely on themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, it's that that picture of you think you're rich, but you're poor. It's It's a reminder that the the church and this church at Laodicea they obviously they ha- were wealthier maybe than some other places that mm. that were not feeding on Christ that they weren't going to him like fully humbly with their need they didn't even see their need that's the scary thing they didn't see their need mm-hmm. as you were talking about so that is the life of repentance is is going humbly and contrite and lowly of heart and instead of being proud and I've, I've got everything I need is actually knowing your need and, uh, and knowing that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by everywhere that comes out of the mouth of God, that we are to, you know, we eat Christ and drink his blood. I mean, that picture he gives in John, Jesus gives of himself um, that there's a constant uh, place for the sustenance that we are mm-hmm. to go to him. And that's where the hospital, like when he says he's going to, you know, he's standing at the door. That's this picture of what repentance looks like. Like you said, mm-hmm. of not basing it off of your own place that I can, uh, I get all of this from what I do, my works, I'm, f- mm. I'm fine, you know, but mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> the thing that is um, really clear here to me is the um, lack of self-awareness in this mm. church, you know, like <clears throat> Jesus is saying, like, the thing that you focus on is that you're rich, you've prospered and that you need nothing. And man, could not be said of today's church. Mm. Like we are the wealthiest at any time in history, you know, and it would be so easy to, to focus on uh, just making sure we keep our wealth, making sure we keep our status, making sure we stay comfortable. Um, And yet Jesus is saying like, 
you're wretched, poor, pitiable, and blind. Like, wake up and see, be be aware, mm. be aware of how in the ways that you have fallen away from me and and come back. And that that picture is just so beautiful. Like, there's a sense that like. <laughs> I, when I think when I see the picture is like Jesus is outside of the church, like open up the door and let him in mm-hmm. <laughs> like your mm-hmm. self-reliance, your pride, um, your wealth has kept him out. So open the door and he will come in and you will have fellowship with him, which is just such a beautiful offer. So I think that's probably a good place to go into our main discussion mm-hmm. of um, just how would you how would you frame what we want to talk about? I think it would be good to talk about the, what repentance, a, a life of repentance. What does that look like, even individually for each other as we're believers, but also in the church community, the local church community? What is mm-hmm. with our friends and um, just so on a real practical note, what when we're talking about repentance as a, a way of life, um, what what is that? Right. So we can we finished up last week saying, you know, like we did God, man, Christ response, mm-hmm. and I think there's this idea that in the church, like, okay, I responded, I saw my need for Jesus, mm-hmm. I confessed my sin, I repented. Um, Okay, now that I'm done, the gospel's done, moving on to maturity. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> and so we wanted to talk about how, like, uh, response, yes, there is an initial response, but that actually carries on in our sanctification until our glorification. And I'm going to add a little bit of a, of a, a different flip side, or I don't know what you would call it, there also could be a pitfall we might fall in in saying, my sins are forgiven. I no longer need to repent. Um, right. But also a constant, I'm just going to always look at my justification, you know, the justification just as if I had never sinned. I know that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And so I that's what I constantly will go back to or what somebody might think, why do we need to keep repenting? if we've already been forgiven. Um, right. And so there's both sides to it. And I, I do think um, it's never a good thing. We've talked about expository preaching a few times. It's never a great thing if the pastor, you never hear repentance comes out mm-hmm. um, in the preaching because it is a way of life. And um, the apostles and Jesus made it a big deal, um, mm-hmm. repentance and faith. And so I think that. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about it? And I yeah. think one good question is maybe what does it, okay, just basically, what do you see that repentance looks like in the life of a church and believers? Okay. You know what? Let's start with this great, I have a great uh, J.I. Packer quote that I think is really helpful. And it's helpful because inside of a church, you're going to have unbelievers. Um, when I say that, I mean, the visible local church. There'll be people right. that are actually not saved, uh, people who know they're not saved. 
There'll probably going to mm-hmm. be people, and you hope so. You're going to have a variety. You're going to have people that think they're saved and aren't saved, and you're going to have people that are newly saved and people that are baby Christians and people that may be mm-hmm. growing Christians. And so mm-hmm. I think what this quote, why I like it, it's helpful, is this. It's that repentance means turning from as much as much as you know of your sin to give as much as you know of yourself to as much as you know of your God. Hmm. And then as our knowledge grows at these hmm. three points, which is sin, yourself, and God, as you know what is, you start seeing what sin actually is more and more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then you see uh, your knowledge of who you are more and more as you see the holiness of God more and more, that, that your practice of repentance will grow. Like you said, you start hmm. hating it more and more as we grow, that when we're you know, 50 years in the faith, we should really be hating. Well, we will be really hating our sin um, more because we know our relationship with our Savior has grown deeper and sweeter and more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so anything that gets in the way of that fellowship would make us angry. Mm -hmm. So I like this. I think on a, like, just on a real practical thing, like, I am super thankful to go to a church that has a specific time set out in the liturgy um, for um, confession and repentance of sin. And it's not that we do it publicly. Like we don't (laughs) go around the church and say our specific sins, but there is a time for silent reflection. Um, So I really appreciate that that is a, consistent part of our liturgy mm-hmm. however like i can't wait for sunday to do that like i need to be doing that throughout the week um mm-hmm. and um and that's because sin is deceitful and it hardens our hearts so it would just be bad for me to wait a whole week <laughs> to do that mm-hmm. um so i think you know <clears throat> i guess the way i would say how it looks practically is um well first i think you know, we've been talking about how we've been given this gift of faith, right? That um, that we have grace from God for our sin. Like he has paid the penalty for it. So I now have this new relationship with my sin. Like um, I'm no longer afraid to come to the cross, right? Mm-hmm. Like I see my great need to come to the cross and and I'm, I'm humbled. And as I see my sin on a daily basis. I'm humbled again, seeing that I need to come back to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I also have faith to believe what God has said is that in, in James 5, he says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so what happens is like, I no longer have this fear and shame of telling others my struggle with sin. It's like, no, like I actually have faith to believe that if I confess it and people pray for me, like I will be healed. And so I want to do that. Like I want to go to my kids and say, it was wrong of me the way that I spoke to you. Like, will you please forgive me? Mm -hmm. Or like a few months ago, like I had just felt really like sucked in by news And I felt the Holy Spirit make me aware of me 
neglecting my duty to my kids Mm. and like just not giving myself to them. Like I had been so affected by what I was seeing on the news and kind of upset that it was making me withdrawn from them and not like being present and loving and caring about their needs. And I really felt the Holy Spirit convict me and say like, you need to tell, you need to tell some people and Mm -hmm. ask them to pray for you. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I went and sought out two ladies at church and just said, listen, I am convicted that I have been sinning and that I have not been present for my children and that I've allowed my time and my emotional energy to get sucked up by the news. Mm -hmm. And like, will you just pray for me that I would, that I would hate that and that I would want to be with my kids. Yeah. You know, that reminds me when you talk about why you're desiring to do this ultimately is that it's this place of healing of mm. being willing to, I mean, that takes, it seems a while that takes courage to go up to somebody and, and, um, you know, to confess your sin and then to ask them to hold you accountable and whatnot. I think that what we're believing when we're doing that is, um, Rosaria Butterfield, she wrote a book called Openness Unhindered, and it was this section on repentance. She says this, that repentance is the threshold to God. And that the answer, it's the answer to shame, temptation, and sin. And mm. and I really, it's what you're talking about. You believe that. You believe yeah. in, in, when we talk about this place of communing with our Savior, I know that this sin is getting in the way of that. And I don't mm-hmm. want that anymore. And I right. want uh, the, and, and I know that repentance is that is the threshold to God, as she has pointed it out. It's a, it's a great book, mm-hmm. by the way, and that section is excellent on and gives more in depth about repentance. But yeah. that which is, is like, I think this is like maybe a good place to talk about kind of like the fake repentance that's um, really popular yeah. in our culture. We love authenticity and transparency. And um, this place of, um, I don't know if it's as popular as it was five, 10 years ago of writing a bunch of, oh, I don't know. Do people write blog posts anymore? I read them, but I'm a little outdated. Mm. But <laughs> but um, the whole kind of the rage mom, um, mm. the, as long as I admit my sin, admit it, like we're all good. Right. That there was almost... So a supposed healing in the trans and being transparency, transparent, right? Which is a yeah. false. It's false. It it doesn't um, only the gospel, which repentance uh, draws us in. I mean, as we see the gospel, it draws us into repentance more, mm-hmm. um, because when we see the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see this what sin is more, and then yeah. we want to live a life of confessing, confessing uh, our sins and repenting from it and turning. And we want God to change our hearts and our desires because we hate the sin. And I think admitting sin doesn't mean we always hate it. We just admit it. Right. Right. Well, and I think there's like this, um, like I've heard you say, like there's this therapeutic nature mm. to being honest about it. Um, yeah. It's like, that's only half the story. Like as Christians, like we will, as we grow to love Christ, we will grow to hate our sin. Like it will pain us 
to um, to put more offenses on the cross. It it will pain us um, to uh, like. Uh, trudge right word i think it's like trudging along as we trudge in the sin that we know that we've been already washed clean from it Mm. it does pain me that i'm reminded that sin that day that gossip that lie that that irritability at my child or the impatience at a stoplight is what put christ on the cross and Mm. My motivation is that I I can't ever pay him back for that. I mean, that's the reality is I can't pay him back for that, but I can Mm -hmm. live my life in a way. I want to grow to be like Christ and I want to live my life to not trample on Mm -hmm. his goodness. Right. And it's, and what is it? Uh, It was, what is it? Bonhoeffer, like cheap grace. Mm. I'm not remembering the quote. You'll have to do it. Oh, I can't remember the quote, but that I know that that is he wrote about that. That I would make it, che- I would look at it cheaply instead of the fact that that Christ, our precious cornerstone, that he's the so valuable, he's so worthy of all praise and all honor that he would go to the cross for the sins that I would like think so cheaply of, like oh, whatever, I'm forgiven. Uh, it's terrible to think that way. You know, and I know that when God started to show me I was doing this habit of I was pretty transparent. I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) I'm doing air quotes in Tustin, (laughs) California right now. Air quotes. Yeah, me too. I'll join you. I was very authentic. Authentic. Yeah, I have been, you know, some of it, I'm just a blabber mouth. So it's like, I'll tell Mm -hmm. you something. Uh, But I, it dawned on me one day. Uh, some years back, and I remember writing this down right after, I think, as I began to walk by the Spirit more and more, I began to read my Bible. He really showed me that admitting my sin is not enough. The fact is, is I sinned. It it mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything to just say I sinned. I, I need to look at the fact that I'm actually sinning. And then I, and then I go and confess to the Lord, and ask forgiveness, and and then I actually he began to sh- show me like and grow me and show me that what the sin, this offense to him, and how and and how I was cheapening uh, mm-hmm. what Christ did on the cross. All of that he began to do more and more through the practice of being in the Word and prayer. And coming to him with a humble heart, going, God, I don't, I know I sin. I'm not feeling as bad about my sin at this moment. I, you know, being honest with him mm-hmm. and going, like, just show me your holiness and, uh, right. and the, Which the is evilness. The thing, like, that's, that's the mirror, right? Like, God's holiness. And I, again, like, part of why we say, like, go to a church that has, like, preaching that exalts God Mm -hmm. that makes a big deal out of him because the more we see the glory of God, the more we see his holiness, the more we are aware of how we miss the mark. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, just as a, like a little side note, like there's this really popular interview going around with Jordan Peterson right now where he's talking about how he's 
like he's getting emotional when he's talking about Christ. But it's interesting to me. Like I think it's it's I don't know his heart, but from what I can see right now, it's for the wrong reasons. Mm. It's not necessarily because he's seeing him in the light of his perfection and his holiness and then his own sin. I think he's just seeing him as a really commendable moral person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, if you know anything about Jordan Peterson, that's what he strives to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yet there's like this added thing that has to happen. Like we have to see ourselves in light of Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to see that we don't make, the, we haven't met the righteous standard that he met and that we could never pay the debt that he had to pay. And and that's what makes the gospel so precious to us is um, we become aware of how I deserve that punishment. Mm-hmm. That should be me. I should have to pay. It would be just of God to make me pay. And yet, oh, what mercy I've been given. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That Christ would pay in my place. So I think it's really interesting like <clears throat> how like an awareness of God's holiness, the more we focus on that, the more we will see our, our sinful state and yeah. our need for saving. Yeah, I listened to that Jordan Peterson uh, little clip. I, mm-hmm. I listened to it a few times. And one of the things that really came out to me was when he comes to the place of um, what if it was all true? He basically says, you know, the historical reality of Christ and the narrative, you know, the big plan, the theological view of Christ. Uh-huh. What if it's all true? What would it mean? And that's where he's really... Uh, he's really breaking up. And I think what he's talking about is what, if it was true, then that would show how much he's a lawbreaker and how much we all were, because Mm -hmm. the reality is, is that um, all of his life is built on moralism. And he Mm -hmm. is a, he is a, it seems, you know, that he um, is a pretty moral guy and compassionate guy. Mm -hmm. But I would say that, um, what that would really mean is is that we cannot save ourselves and yeah. that we're just and that he and myself included is a wretched worm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, that really is what he's getting at and what he's afraid of. And that's where Christ comes in and tells us uh, to repent from your moral doings mm. because you can't your everything is all your righteous deeds are like filthy rags. If you're trying to earn your forgiveness or your salvation, mm-hmm. that the ultimate reality is that we're nothing but if we're in Christ. And it the demand of a perfect God who we see in the face of Jesus is what humbles us. Right. And so it's a place of full humility. Yeah. I kept like just being like, would that guy please share the gospel with him? Somebody please. Mm. <laughs> well, that's why we pray. Gospel. <laughs> and, and that's why we pray yeah. that we pray for him and we pray for others yeah. so that they would see their need. Yeah. It's about our need. Yeah. Totally. Like Isaiah, you know, I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. I do think that in part of our confession, inside of a church with friends with even to God and to and with ourselves as we're re- like as we repent is is that we own the sin we're not mm-hmm. blame shifting 
Right. And and that, like you said, you brought up Jordan Peterson. I don't know if he sees sin for what it is. Um, and that mm-hmm. his own righteousness, you know, like you said, could is a filthy rag before God. You cannot earn by any of your moral doings. But I mm-hmm. know, too, that as we repent, I think practically, what might this look like in, with your friend group? And mm-hmm. what it looks like in my friend group is that we're that when we ask forgiveness, um, we we don't use the therapeutic language that you you might say, like, well, I'm sorry if I hurt, like if your feelings were hurt, or I'm sorry, like, did I, you know, like, what if you have something against somebody, and you're like, well, you've offended me, like, you keep hurting my feelings, well, or whatever, pick something similar to that. I don't know if that truly gets at what this is talking about. When we um, confess our sin, we Mm. call it what God calls it. Um, Mm -hmm. and what he, and he's very, he gives a lot of examples in the Bible. We know what sin is and he's very clear on it. So we're clear on it. We own the sin. We don't blame shift or make any excuses and we ask forgiveness Mm -hmm. and, and genuine repentance is there is a, a, a sorrow, a godly sorrow that, um, of it. And we, we pray for that, that God keeps as that keeps our hearts soft and we have friends around us that will tell us to repent when we need to. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not afraid when they do like though, I'll tell you, right. My natural, you know, my, (laughs) that old, that old woman, Jen, like that rises up like, Oh yeah. Like like, that's why I'm giggling a little. Cause I've, I've sat there sweating going, what are they going to (laughs) say? But then we tell ourselves, yeah, but then we tell ourselves like, God, all of this is for my healing. Like, there's nothing for yes. me to be afraid of. This is the threshold to God. Like, right. for me to repent in, of my pride at this moment that somebody might be saying to me, well, that's pride. You're like, uh, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I did that. Uh, you know, yeah. so the reality is, is that I have to tell myself the truth. Like, no, mm-hmm. I want to be humble. Uh, right. I, because that's like the Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are is the meek. They shall inherit right. the earth. Like if we're humble over our sin, it's mm-hmm. it's not repentance that's the thing that's m- keeping us from fellowship. It's the sin that the sin's the problem. Right. God gives us a way out. Right. And I, you know, I've, I've said that a few times, um, where it's like, it does really surprise me. I guess it shouldn't surprise me because we're stuck with this body of death. You know, I think of Romans seven, who will deliver me? Like I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I should do. Um, but it does really surprise me. Like our like immediate reaction and defensiveness when someone brings to light sin, Mm -hmm. because Christian, (laughs) The whole premise of you being a Christian is that you became aware of your sin and your need for a savior. Mm-hmm. So why would it offend you or surprise you that you need to come to the cross again? Like it, it, it's funny to me. Like I, I get it because I've experienced it myself. Um, and I think there is a little bit of a buy-in. Like I always kind of joke. It's like everyone just is going to like wink at each other and be like, we just won't talk about that. We won't bring it up. It's safe here. <laughs> and it's like, no, like it needs to be normal that we're what? not afraid 
to help one another see in gentleness, in gentleness and in love, like that mm-hmm. we would store a brother who is in sin, like Galatians 6, 1 says, um, that we do it in a spirit of gentleness, but also being aware of ourselves that we don't get sucked into the sin. Yeah, this um, is what you're saying is you're talking about believing that like in the joy of repentance, that it's yes. it's not for hurting. It's the opposite. And we have to believe that as Christians, well, that, that we are saved because we, you know, God gave us a heart to and a and a and the gift of repentance and faith and now mm-hmm. keep repenting for our communing we can, the more we are living in a place of confession and repentance and bringing in the gospel of forgiveness and is a, is a it's a place it's so sweet with the mm-hmm. fellowship of believers right and that's what God wants. He He wants to be in deepen, deepening fellowship with us and that we would have it with the body of Christ. Right. I'm just quickly turning to Acts 3 because that makes me think of Acts 3. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That is the offer to us is that we would be refreshed. We would be restored. We would be in the presence of the Lord, which is so hopeful. It is hopeful. It is a great time for the high thoughts of God. Yeah. So today's high thoughts of God, we will start in Psalm 51 verses 1 through 7, and then we will finish up with a great Thomas Watson quote. Uh, from the book, The Doctrine of Repentance, which if you're wanting to do further study is a great resource. So Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow." And then the Thomas Watson quote says, Upon our turning to God, we have more restored to us in Christ than was ever lost in Adam. God says to the repenting soul, I will clothe thee with the robe of righteousness. I will enrich thee with the jewels and graces of my spirit. I will bestow my love upon thee. I will give thee a kingdom. Son, all I have is thine. Just such beautiful encouragement to live a life of repentance before God. We have everything that we need and so much more. We have been enriched with the jewels and graces of His Spirit. So repent and believe and keep repenting. Keep believing. (laughs) Yes. And keep enjoying that blessed fellowship that you have been granted by God. Well... Thanks so much for joining us this week. And if you haven't yet, um, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Leave us your thoughts. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And if you have time, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. But until next week, keep reading your your Bible. Bible. Read your Bible. Read Read it. Read your Bible. Read it. It's so good.